always different, always the same. That's how journalist James Parker describes hotel rooms in a piece in The Atlantic. Whether it's one star or five stars, as you open the door of your room, you are greeted by what he calls a neutral waft of possibility. But it's not long until your luggage starts to sprawl and crumbs begin to collect. Parker says the old gravity asserts itself, the old you-ness. Housekeeping may promise new beginnings, but it won't prevent what he calls a minor moral collapse. And soon, the rush of checkout flings you back into the world, but before you go, Parker asks, did you change in here? Advance? Wallow backwards? Go sideways? Whatever the case, he says, you'll pop in on another day in another hotel, wide-eyed with expectation, almost innocent, you'll open I don't know if you can relate, maybe you prefer Airbnb, but wherever your summer travels will take you this year, a fundamental question is being addressed. Can a person ever change? Your surroundings may change, but be it Crozet or Croatia, the old gravity has a way of asserting itself wherever you are. How much of you has really changed since you were, I don't know, 26? There are times when I feel like I've matured. After all, I'm now a husband, a father, an associate rector at Christ Episcopal Church. But should my family ever go away, even just for a night, I revert back to my former self, devouring frozen pizza playing the same four songs on guitar over and over again. It's really a sad existence. So external forces, i.e. my wife and children, may have shaped me into a more responsible person out of necessity, but once those forces are removed, I'm still this guy. It begs the question, is there any hope change, to calm your temper, to drop an addiction, to become content with the life that you have been given. This is what the Apostle Paul is addressing in his letter to the Romans this morning. Now, a few sentences before this passage, Paul proclaimed the gospel that despite our sin, God's grace abounds all the more. But Paul anticipates the inevitable follow-up question to grace. If God loves us no matter what, then what's keeping us from living our life as a total moral free-for-all? Maybe W.H. Auden said it best when he wrote, I like committing crimes. God likes forgiving them. Really?
the world is admirably arranged. This is what makes people nervous about grace. The idea that we're going to cheat the system. Paul is addressing this question head on. He says, should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? He then says the very words that become the baptismal liturgy when a person is, quote, buried with Christ in his death in order to share in his resurrection and be reborn by the Holy Spirit. What's he talking about? What does he mean? Well, in the early church, baptism was likely performed by full immersion. It was a picture of a person being buried with Christ submerged in water and then being raised to new life with Christ as he emerges. In other words, Paul is saying it doesn't make sense to keep living in sin because that person, the old you, has died. That might sound extreme, but for Paul, extreme circumstances call for extreme measures. Sin, you see, is far deeper than surface-level morality. It's a condition that has worked its way into our hearts. Jesus says, for out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. This is not a list of external forces that warp our innocent minds. These are things that just come naturally to us. Left to our own devices, these are a few of our favorite things. Not so much raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, as much as murder and slander and evil intentions. Forgetting the depth sin. We forget that telling someone to change is not enough to get them to do so. Things may change for a couple of weeks, but it's more like painting over a mold-stained wall. The old gravity asserts itself. If the problem with humans is the human heart, in order for there to be any inner transformation have to be given a new heart. But first, Paul argues, your old heart has to stop beating. He writes, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed. In other words, God is not interested in moral renovation. It's just better to tear it all down start from scratch, his son as the cornerstone of our salvation. God is not just giving us a second chance. He's doing what we never could have done for ourselves. He's saying, if I want this done well, I guess I'm going to have to do it myself. That's what happened on the cross. Jesus, who was without sin, took your sin and mine to the grave forever.
says that we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Sin, you see, has an enslaving power. Think about it. Every kind of sin, lust, envy, greed, they cycle through us like an addiction. It starts when there's a stress in your life, and then one of them promises escape and freedom from that stress. But it's actually setting a trap. Because over time, as you turn to it again and again, you build up a tolerance. And then you need more and more. And by that time, it's taken over. You belong to it. Now, into that vicious cycle, Paul says... Tyranny of sin has been defeated. The serpent has been beheaded. It might still be writhing on the floor, but it has no power over you anymore. And what does this mean for you today? How can your life look different than just going from one hotel room to the next, always different, but always the same? Where's the newness of life that Paul is talking about? Well, in his book, On the Grace of God, Justin Holcomb, who's a former associate rector here, tells a story about Abraham Lincoln, who one day went to a slave auction and was appalled at what he saw. Lincoln was drawn to a young woman on the auction bidding began, and he bid until he purchased her, no matter the cost. And after Lincoln paid the auctioneer, he walked over to the woman and said, you're free. Free? What is that supposed to mean, she asked. It means you are free, Lincoln answered, completely free. Does it mean I can do whatever I want to do? Yes, he said. Free to do whatever you want to do. Free to say whatever I want to say? Yes, free to say whatever you want to say. Does freedom mean, asking with hope and hesitation, that I can go wherever I want to go? It means exactly that. You can go wherever you want to go. With tears of joy and gratitude welling up in her eyes, the woman said, Then I think I'll go with you. Do you want freedom? Look no further than Jesus. Your career won't give you freedom. Success or affirmation just leave you wanting more and more. Only God's radical love can unlock a person from the forces and patterns that bind them. Only God's radical love can free someone to stop drinking or save their marriage or become a kinder and gentler person. Because you have a new identity dead to sin and alive in Christ. And that's why it might actually feel different when you go back to your vice of choice 
after you encounter the gospel firsthand because you're essentially having an identity crisis in that moment. You're acting like a slave, but you're no longer a slave. You are an heir to the throne of God's everlasting kingdom. Okay, but what happens as you go off on your summer travels and the old gravity asserts itself once again? You may think, I want to give my life to Jesus, but I can't shake the old me. Well, the Christian life is a daily reenactment of death to self and being resurrected in Christ. But there was once a man whose death and resurrection sealed you as Christ's own forever, once and for all. That is where the gospel has the final word. The message that while you may struggle to give your life to Jesus, Jesus gave his life for you. Throughout the New Testament, Paul says our salvation was accomplished. Past tense. In other words, no matter what happens, here's what happened death he died, he died to sin once for all, period. He is your new center of gravity of which you cannot escape. So as you long for change in our world or for others, but especially yourself, know that if there's one thing that will never change, 